Guys, welcome to another awesome episode of Trigger. Today we're joined by a great MAGA patriot, Peter Navarro. Peter served as the assistant to the president as director of trade and manufacturing policy in the Trump White House. He's one of the guys going hard on China, going hard on all of the insanity, the exact opposite of what's going on in the Biden administration. He's one of the architects of that whole plan, along with my father. He's also been the victim of a weaponized justice system, but most importantly, has never stopped fighting, has never allowed that to deter him for the mission, for fighting for the America First agenda. He will have a lot to say, and this should be a powerful interview. So make sure you guys are liking, subscribing, and sharing these episodes. It's all of you who make this show possible. So without you guys being able to do that, uh, we're not that much. We're also not a lot without our incredibly brave sponsors. So also check them out. But again, while you're here, while you're waiting, just click the like button. More people will see what we're talking about so we can get the message out because God knows the folks at Big Tech and otherwise aren't going to be helping us do that. Make sure to check out, guys, the folks over at Gold Co. and take the steps needed to diversify your portfolio. You can do that by going to donjuniorgold.com, D-O-N-J-R, gold.com, and take advantage of the top-notch customer service that Gold Co. affords you. We see what's going on. We see the writing on the wall. I want you to be able to get out there, protect against inflation, rising interest rates, and owning tangible physical gold and silver can help do just that. Again, go to donjuniorgold.com, D-O-N-J-R, gold.com, and learn about it. They'll take you through it step by step, and you can figure out how to make it work for you and not let the morons that are you know, driven by ESG policy make your retirement decisions. Also, folks, don't forget to check out the amazing patriots at Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. With Patriot Mobile, you're putting America first with every call while getting the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers. Guys, you can give your money to the big mobile carriers that hate your guts and are taking your hard-earned dollars and weaponizing them against you, donating to the woke causes of the people that hate your guts, our values, our freedoms, everything. Or you could go with Patriot Mobile and vote with your wallet. They give back to the causes that we believe in, the First Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms. They fight for the sanctity of life and protecting our brave police and first responders. You guys can choose. And since you're going to have a cell phone in your pocket, you might as well have it with people who share your values. For free activation, it's quick, easy, and simple. Go to patriotmobile.com slash triggered. That's patriotmobile.com slash T-R-I-G-G-E-R-E-D. It's really simple. They're great people. They're fighting the battles that we need to fight. So patriotmobile.com slash triggered for free activation. Check them out. And with that, we'll go to Peter. Okay, guys, we're joined with the great Peter Navarro, uh, one of this, certainly one of the architects of the America First trade policies, uh, someone who's also been persecuted by the deep state, the uni party in D.C., uh, with the unequal 
uh, systems of justice. But I think we have a lot to talk about, Peter, because you were there on the front lines. You were there, uh, you know, guiding an America first trade policy. And they went after you, you know, like they're doing to my father. But to start off with, uh, it's clear that the swamp and the deep state, they're not even trying to hide their corruption anymore. They're not even trying to hide their bias. I mean, they're basically just coming out and straight at just saying it. They're willing to destroy the lives of pretty much anyone in the MAGA movement, anyone that gets in their way, either by putting, say, my father uh, and his allies in jail or burying them in legal fees or tying them up. You know, not everyone can defend those things. It's, it's brutal. All because they're terrified of the America First movement. You know, what, what comes next in your mind? I mean, you know, they did this to you. They were wait, what, contempt and this and wanted to bring you out in cuffs. I mean, it's yeah. absolute lunacy. And as someone, you know, it's easy for me to complain about me and my father, but you were another person that, you know, they, they tried dragging through this mess. Talk about it a little bit. What do we have to do next? Well, first of all, to that, to that point, I'm actually, Don, the first senior White House official in the history, the entire history of our republic, to ever be charged with contempt of Congress. Never happened before, and for good reason, because of the constitutional separation of power. So, you know, the, the, the fact they went after me, uh, the fact they're going after virtually every Trump official and advisor, including up and up to your father, uh, indicates very clearly uh, to both of us, I think, that they are deeply afraid of a MAGA agenda, which will return the old slogan in the 60s, power to the people, power to Main Street. Yeah. And, and that, to me, what's going on. And what I like to do, is, Don, is, is try to distinguish clearly for your viewers between the, the, the signal and the noise. The yeah. noise is, is, is going to be indictment after indictment after indictment, which is like throwing chum in the water for the MSNBCs and CNNs on the left, but also yeah. uh, the, the, the disreputable now Fox News under the Murdochs with Roger Ailes gone. They're all- Yeah, it's the excuse like, to not cover the biggest corruption scandal in the history of the Oval Office, which is right. what's going on with yes. Biden. It's like, hey, we, we, we don't really have to cover it because we're doing this. And, I mean, it's all distraction. Look at this shiny object yeah. over here. Don't, yeah, yeah. don't yeah. ignore yeah. what you're actually seeing. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the cognitive distances there, the dual system of injustice, the weaponization, the two-tier system of, just, of, of injustice, whatever you want to call it, Don, it's, this is like, this, the American people understand this is fundamentally wrong, which every time a new indictment comes up, your father goes up um, in the polls. But all of that is noise compared to the signal. The signal here, which we can never lose sight of, is that this is a seditious conspiracy to prevent Donald John Trump from getting back in the White House in January of 2025. And look, you mentioned that I, you know, I was there at the beginning. I, I don't think anybody would have bet on me at the time that I would have been only one of three senior White House advisors that went all the way from the campaign in 2016 to the end. Uh, it was me, Miller, and Scavino, right? We, we were the guys who survived because we had a mission, which was to serve the mission 
of your father. And the other part of the thing that people have to understand is historically, this started from the campaign itself, trying to take your father out. This is like, this is like election interference, seditious conspiracy, and everything in between. It's like, it's it, it starts with with the Russia hoax. We go impeachment one, impeachment two, yada yada, and now we've got like like what what is it like four different sets of yeah four different sets, seventy five different charges. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what what yesterday added. You know, apparently added uh, or last week I guess added. Uh, you know, perhaps the death penalty, but before that, before that, it was already I think four hundred and sixty years, which. Yeah. You know, even for someone as young and vibrant as Donald Trump is a let's call it a long <laughs> period of time. <laughs> He's a high energy guy, but that's a long time to wait. Well, what's yeah? Look, what's distressing about the whole thing is that you know the strategy is always to throw as many counts at the at the defendant as you can under the assumption that at least one of them will stick. But look yeah. again, the signal here is to prevent your father from being president again. And what, what's scary, what I like to do, Don, is, is to try to provide the biggest possible perspective on this because this is third world country stuff. And in support of that hypothesis, we simply look at, first of all, Brazil. Like Bolsonaro was the Trump of Brazil who basically lost an election last year that was stolen from him by the socialist Lulu with help from the Chinese Communist Party. Simple as that. That was flat out election fraud. Bolsonaro gets pushed out. And the next thing that happens is the judiciary, right? The the judiciary of Brazil makes a ruling that says Bolsonaro can't run in the next two elections. So they basically weaponize the judicial system in Brazil to prevent the Trump of Brazil from ever running again, because he'll be he'll be long gone in, in two election cycles. And that's not the only one. If you go to Pakistan, right, the, the Trump of Pakistan met the same fate. He yeah. gets gets out of office. He can run again. And now he can't run again because yeah. the judiciary took him out. So we come here. And that's the signal. This is all about stopping Trump's policies. And who is it? Look, who is it that's trying to stop these Trump policies? It starts with Wall Street, Silicon Valley, and the multinational corporations who all want to have insecure open borders to bring in cheap labor, right? And offshore our factories and jobs to China. And all the money they have and make from that goes now into commercials on CNN and MSNBC and campaign contributions to what I call, you know, the the kamikaze candidates in the Republican primary. It's the Christie's, the Pence's, the Haley's. And then then, (laughs) you got to, I'm almost getting to the point now where I'm going to feel sorry for DeSantis because the only thing he's now, he's like a milking cow the pollsters and political consultants sucking him dry and good for them. Oh, well, yeah, Um, I think, what was it, like 67% or something of every dollar goes to Jeff Rowe. I mean, it's it's mind-boggling. I've (laughs) never seen a collapse that bad. I'm watching all of his paid influencers in the last two weeks. They're literally taking the Adam Schiff talking points, the Adam Schiff, 
Uh, Adam yes. Kinzinger, Liz Cheney talking points and running with them. I mean, the flip-flop on Ukraine out of DeSantis, the, the flip-flop on the weaponization I saw right after my father was charged. Well, he's going to take that out of D.C. It's like, well, I remember three weeks ago when he had no interest and he was like, oh, that's not really a problem. Uh, man, it, it sucks because I had actually hoped, I had hoped for a lot for him in terms of I want us to have a deep Republican bench to your point about, uh, you know, Bolsonaro, you know, they try to take Trump out, but I want to make sure we have other people that can eventually fill those shoes and run with that same yeah. agenda. But we don't. We have people controlled by, you know, the billionaires. We have people controlled yes. by the deep state. We have people controlled by the uni party and they want to be liked. They want to be loved. And more importantly, you know, they need the money. So they'll do and say anything that they need to flip flop at a hat like we've seen DeSantis to try to keep that money flowing. And it's like, wait a minute, like I actually thought you were America first. I thought you believed in these things, but literally all of your influencers are pushing the January 6th committee, like talking points now, because that's what, I mean, it's lunacy. And that the problem is, you know, once that person gets into office and he's beholden to all of these people, do you really think he's gonna be America first? Or do you think he's gonna be, you know, China first with, you know, we'll say a couple nice things about America occasionally, because, you know, that's what I think we get. But he, look, I, I, I had a piece last week in the Washington Times, and it's also in my Substack. And I, I, it was a piece about irony. The irony being that your dad, he'll go down in history as one of the most successful entrepreneurs in America ever. Yeah. But the irony is that he has created uh, a never Trump industry which is yeah. which is making hundreds of billions of dollars and it's dedicated to Donald Trump's destruction and you, we 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 mentioned the Wall Street the the Silicon Valley and all of that but you also have what i call the Trump disloyalists you know besides the Christies and the Haleys and the Pences you've got like when i was in the white house don you know i'm serving side by side with Alyssa Farah in the press shop, uh, Kaylee McEnany in the press shop, Stephanie Grisham in the press shop. Two or three of them were actually press secretaries. I'm serving with Bolton. I'm serving with Mulvaney. I'm serving with Bill Barr um, and and Cudlow and all of them, Don. Every single one of them has sold their soul to the never Trump devil in exchange for either fame or fortune. It's like, you want to get a TV gig on CBS or ABC or CNN? What do you do? You sell out Donald Trump. You lie about it. And so it's like it, it's going to be it's going to be so important to win this election. We can never lose sight of what's at stake in November of 2024. And I think that's why the left is is not just doubling down; they're quadrupling down on trying to take us all down. I mean, everybody I serve with that, everybody has been either been indicted or subpoenaed from a White House. Yeah. Never yeah, happened. Well, and that's what it is. Not everyone can fight it. Not everyone has the stomach to fight it. And the left and, you know, and again, and the swamp will take advantage of that. You know, there's no level they won't stop. They're, yeah. you know, they're, not, they're playing with other people's money. They're playing with house money, right? They're using government resources to do it. So it doesn't actually cost them anything. So they say, hey, let's make their lives miserable. We'll ruin their families. We'll make them foreclose on their home. I mean, you've seen it play out. I mean, you, you mentioned your, your Substack uh, column. 
Uh, and you basically said that, you know, you think that, you know, Democrats are trying to push us towards civil war. They're, I mean, for all the unity talk that I heard coming out of Biden during the campaign, it, you know, it's a soundbite, but then he'll vilify, you know, 75 million Americans, uh, you know, in, in his speeches and stuff like that. So it's, you know, like everything else, probably all bullshit. But can you explain, you know, what you meant by that and, and, and what that means? Because obviously, you know, it's a big statement and yeah. we, we got to worry about it. Yeah, and, and thanks for mentioning. Look, the Substack is peternavar.substack.com, peternavar.substack.com. What I'm trying to do there, Don, with that Substack um, is provide cutting edge, like short form, op-ed length uh, articles that also become podcasts as well. And, and what I'm trying to focus on are, are two major things. One is like all things Trump 2024, and also all things how the communist Chinese are trying to take us down. And one of the pieces I had recently in the Substack uh, was was this this threat of civil war. And the, the left kind of, they, they, <laughs> their heads exploded when I even mentioned that. But I was very careful about it to start it off with polling from very reputable pollsters that say that half are Republicans and, and a third, roughly, are Democrats, think we may have a second civil war and i attribute this um to a couple of things one is that the, the american public has lost faith in our democrats democratic system as a result of everything the democrats did leading into the 2020 election you know before 1980 don we had a system where it was paper ballots and legal ballots counted and paper ballots with a really good uh, signature match and ID verification. And we never even had to worry about that. We've morphed into this world of absentee ballots, mail-in ballots, universal voting, drop boxes, ballot harvesting. And the Democrats pushed all of these reforms as a way of legally getting illegal ballots into the voting stream. So that's one of the things pushing us yeah. towards civil war. But the other thing is the radical portion of the Democrat Party, which controls it and Biden, are, are hitting us with, with, with things that are so offensive to God, country, family, culture, religion. It's just... It's just crazy stuff to trying to jam down our throats. And we're saying we don't want any part of that. And it, yeah. it's frightening to think that we could get four more years of that from a fool who can't even stand up the stairs going into Air Force One. I'm talking about Joe Biden, of course. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, there, there's no question there seems to be another industry there in creating that strife between the American public. And I know, you know, orange man bad and such, but... Yeah, I don't think a reasonable person could look at where they stand today versus four years ago and say they're better off. I, you know, I, I guess I have an economics degree from Wharton. Uh, you know, I'm not a professional economist, but I can't think of a single metric, not one, where anyone is better off today, whether that's inflation, whether that's interest rates, whether that's, you know, literally anything uh, energy independence, job, there's no number. You know, I, Joe Biden, I know they're very good at sort of changing the way things have historically been measured to paint a glowing picture. But, you know, but talk about that, because 
you know, sure. for all the, all the faults and all the things that they say about Trump, like, I don't think anyone could really sell, you know, I, I see Joe Biden selling us Bidenomics, but it, hey, I'm the son of a billionaire. Like, if I'm pissed off when I'm filling up my truck or when I take my kids to, like, a grocery store because I got them for the weekend, like, uh, ordinary Americans must be getting crushed. And it, it if it's obvious to me, how is it not well, obvious look, to them? Um, I'm old enough to remember as an adult, uh, young young adult, the 1970s stagflation. And what's important to understand about stagflation, which is a combination of um, inflation, obviously, but also either flat out recession or growth slower than it should be, right? Yep. And it's a very painful kind of economic, macroeconomic malady uh, um, because it just taxes the hell out of you, if particularly if you're like a deplorable, right? It's yeah. just, you're just getting killed. And the thing to remember about the 70s that that, that probably 99% of Americans really don't realize is it lasted over 10 years, okay? The 70s are a decade, but this whole thing started in 68 with Lyndon Johnson. It went all the way to 81, 82, with Ronald Reagan kind of ringing that out and getting us off on a better path. But it was a very long time uh, of pain. And when I was in the White House uh, in May of 2020, right, um, I actually wrote a, a memo uh, to to the chief of staff, Mark Meadows, that was, was supposed to go to your father. I doubt if it ever did, because that's what Meadows did, frankly. Um, but I warned precisely of stagflation in that memo, because I saw how the pandemic was, was attacking the resiliency of our supply chains. I saw how the, the urban, our urban environment was, was shifting. People were going to the suburbs, were howling out. And it was just a recipe for the kinds of conditions that we would have. And so what we did at the time was was double our double up our efforts to bring our supply chains home, which was critical. Make them more resilient. Take the kind of mega steps that we needed to do, and and then the election happened, and out 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 your father went. And when Biden comes in, he's like he's like an, a stagflation creator, right? The first yeah. thing he does. Is, is 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 surrender our strategic energy dominance, right? Yep. It's like, yeah, you can't be drilling, you can't be on those lands, no pipelines or whatever. We get spikes in oil prices, which then go to spikes in food prices because food prices are, are driven by fertilizer prices, which is made from oil. As well we, as we transportation, get, even though that's yeah. not included in CPI. They, they the conveniently what? leave that one out. Yes, they conveniently leave that out. Well, and you went and they, it's like core and not, and so, but so Biden, Biden do, does this. So he's, he's creating stagflation there. And that's what we call cost pushing inflation. And then he starts passing these multi-trillion dollar bills over and over. And that's demand pull inflation, which is, this is like a freight train going now. I mean, we've had a, a little spot where it kind of looks like the economy's growing, but it's the eye of a hurricane, Don, because interest rates are not going down for a very long time. And that's slowly choking small business. It's slowly choking the corporations who do a lot of deal making. Um, and it's slowly choking consumers 
because it's hitting them with a credit card debt. And all of this, as your father once said in a famous speech, is a politician made disaster. That's binomics. Binomics equals stagflation. Binomics equals stagflation. Repeat after me. And that's what we got. You know, campaigns are about about powerful short messaging. And that's the one, one of the ones I'm going to be carrying because and it look, the other reality here, the other reality here is that two-thirds of the time that Biden's been in office, real wages, real wages, which are wages adjusted by inflation, have been falling. Yeah. Okay? Falling. And th- yeah, wa- wages falling with prices rising is not a recipe for success. And that's yeah, that's my basic understanding of it. But uh, yes. so that's a disaster. Uh, listen, as someone who was sort of, you know, on the front lines of the, you know, America first, uh, not China first uh, policies, talk a little bit about that. I mean, you were there with my father fighting the insanity of the trade stuff. You were, you know, in there uh, dealing with all of that. Talk about, you know, what, what was accomplished there as well as how quickly sure. you've seen some of that eroded. Because I, I look at this administration, it, you know, I guess the billion dollar investment in Hunter, you know, is proving to be one of the great returns on investment in all time in the sense that we're getting an America last, China first policy. And you have to wonder, and again, if we had, you know, other than regime propagandists in our media, uh, you'd be asking yeah. the question, are, are they making these decisions because China has all of that? Well, let me start with with something that's happening right now that that that's absolutely frightening. That's a result of your father not being president. We've got Rocket Man Kim Jong Un in North Korea, just setting off unprecedented amounts of rockets and bombs and testing and developing first and second strike capabilities to hit the United States. Okay. And when your father was in office, he went head to head and face to face with Rocket Man. And that, that little dude, he wasn't doing anything. He knew yeah. he knew that Donald Trump was going to come bust his ass if he pulled any of that crap. Okay. So go back to the beginning. The way I ever wound up at Trump Tower uh, in the summer of 2016 on the campaign was your dad read my first book on China called The Coming China Wars, which was published in 2006. And he happened to say something in the LA Times uh, that it was on his top 10 list. And I reached out to him uh, through Rona and we began a correspondence. And when time came uh, for the campaign, you know, he was like, find Navarro and let's let's get some China stuff done, right? Yeah. And the macro stuff was a bonus. And so, um, what what your father did was was incredible because he wasn't beholden anybody. That's the beauty of Donald Trump. Yeah. He didn't have to take the money of all the people who are making money off China, right? So he comes in and says, "Look, China, China, you are doing what I call the seven deadly sins. You know, it's the intellectual property theft, the cyber hacking, the subsidies, the state-owned enterprises, and the fentanyl. Let's not forget the 50,000 Americans they kill every year. And your father said, look, you stop doing that, or I'm going to put tariffs on and effectively begin to decouple from your economy, and you're going to pay. And so we went through a series of meetings. I was at several of them with your father, with, with Xi Jinping, first at Mar-a-Lago, and then I think it was in Osaka or 
or Buenos Aires, I forget which of those G20 meetings. And um, your father stood strong, he stood tall, and we were able to at least hold China at bay for a while. Yeah. And as soon as your father's gone, it's like Katie barred the door. They're, and here's the thing, Don, it's like the difference between a democracy like ours and the Chinese bureaucracy is those same son of a bitches that I would sit across the table from and negotiate with are the same sons of bitches that are doing it with the Biden people, right? They have continuity. And the advantage yeah. of continuity is they can read who's across the table. They didn't give us any crap. They wouldn't dare. They didn't give Donald Trump crap. They give Biden crap from the day that Secretary of Blinken flew to Alaska for his first meeting with, with Tiger Yang and Yang got up in his grill. They do that with us. It's like, no, dude. Yeah, you no, you can you can see the body language. Janet Yellen's there bowing like we're begging for them to do us yes. a favor. I mean, we're not exerting or we no longer exert any of the you know, natural advantages that we have. Uh, we're just, to it's total capitulation to them. And again, I imagine some of that's because, you know, they have been bought and paid for. But watching it happen, watching it transpire uh, it is remarkable. And, you know, so, you know, what would be, what would be the first steps that you would do as someone who's been there to stop it, uh, you know, once we get this back in 2024, what should America be doing to prevent that threat of China? And, yes. you know, and yeah, are they, the are they this big, yeah. you know, you know, obviously they're a huge threat. I think they're our number one threat by far, but, you know, are they as strong as they lead? Or is it because, again, the continuity, you know, they're able to wait things out. You know, they get a hundred year plan. This is where they want to be in a hundred years and they'll steamroll anything that gets in our way. Whereas our politicians, sell their soul every two years to get reelected yes. and they'll do whatever it takes. And then, you know, it, it, you know, there's something about, I, I don't love most of their system, but there's something, the continuity component, if, especially if you have competent people, uh, is rather important. We have neither continuity nor competent people. Well, let's start with the observation that the American consumer is paying for the the rise of the Chinese military. It's scary to me that our trade deficit with China is roughly the size of their military budget. Think about that, Don. So, so when we go to the Walmart, the big box retailers, and buy that made in China crap, which is what it is, it's like we're essentially funding the missiles and the aircraft carriers and the submarines that China's gonna use against us to sink our aircraft carriers and our submarines and bomb Guam in, in the South China Sea, the East China Sea and the South Pacific. Okay, that's that's kind of the chessboard. And remember, they're fighting on home turf. So even if their military isn't as good as ours, they, they're, they, we're, we're fighting 7,000 miles away. Now yeah. to your point, what's the first things we do? I think it's really important. Your father, your father, is like Teddy Roosevelt, okay? It's like walk softly to carry a big stick. He, he, you know, as, as strong as his rhetoric was with communist China, it was never over the top. It was just, hey, if you're going to do this, we're going to do this. And and he was convincing enough that they believed that and that, that that was the way to go. What we need to do now, because we know 
that they, the communist Chinese will not keep any deal they sign. So negotiations yeah. are fruitless. We need to begin quickly the process of decoupling our economy from communist China. And then we need to get back to, back to the old days of, of soft power projection all around the world. Like China, communist China right now is, is, is in every country in Africa and they've been there for, yeah. for going on 30 years. And they yeah, they show up with a briefcase of cash. They bribe their way into every rare earth mineral yes. mine. And we're pushing green energy. That, exactly. You know, whether it's the windmills that are made entirely in China or the solar yes. or the batteries for your EVs, yes. uh, all of it 100% controlled by China. This, the statistic you mentioned about our trade deficit is roughly their military budget. I mean, I've yes. actually never heard that, amazingly enough. But, like, to me, that's, like, the strongest... Uh, you know, metric I've I've seen out there to understand like why we have to stop feeding into that. Why we gotta either have you know create the incentives to do these things ourselves, find other trade partners, not be beholden to China because we can save that you know last tenth of a cent uh, because you know they're they're having uh, slave labor do the stuff uh, again in uh, less than environmental conditions and against all the sort of. Democrat talking points that are out there. I mean, these people are doing it ruthlessly. They're doing it in a corrupt fashion. They're doing it with slave labor in many cases, or essentially that in terrible conditions. Uh, you know, I think once we wake up to that, and I think that's a great way of saying it, our trade deficit is what they're spending on our military. That military yeah. will eventually be weaponized against us because it's not just their military. I mean, they, they're able to get ahead in business because they steal our IP. You know, they hack into it. They steal everything. They make a duplicate that they figure out, you know, rather than spending billions and billions investing in something, they take it. They have that as a foundation. They spend two cents to make it a little bit better. And and they go and we do nothing. We say nothing. We allow it to happen. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it can't go on forever. And to that point, uh, we've also got to stop uh, our companies from providing China with a kind of competitive advantage to hit back on us. If you look, for example, at artificial intelligence, there's a lot of reasons why this is going to be uh, a technology that is going to pose threats to the world. But the biggest one has to be in military applications. It just has a dizzying array of military applications. So why is it that Microsoft for example, has been working with the communist Chinese in research on artificial intelligence. It makes no frigging sense that we would allow that. Um, let's yeah, it's like, it's like why would our NIH and uh, you know the esteemed Dr. Anthony Fauci be funding <laughs> China's research yeah. into basically bioweapons? Yeah, I wonder what, what, what could go wrong, Peter? What could go wrong? But this is happening every yeah, day. I, and they own... Our biggest companies. They, you know, if you want to do any business in China, you got to just submit and give them all of your IP, all of your technology, all of your trademarks. So they see, and they just start building from there. Like, you know, no base level work. Uh, it's it's scary, but you know, we're so beholden, uh, you know, to their 1.7 billion people. We want to get to those markets that our corporations have sold their soul and our country and our future uh, to satisfy that. Well, let's talk about let's talk about Zuckerberg and Musk for a minute. Zuckerberg played a major role in the 2020 election theft. 
because he was the guy finding all the drop boxes and the ballot harvesting. I know, here's another stat for you. I don't know if you know this stat, Don. Zuckerberg actually spent more money in, in the battleground states of Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania than the Trump campaign did, okay? Think about that. And then you got Musk, Elon Musk, okay? He has effectively thrown all of his Tesla production over to Shanghai. In the beginning, it was like, yeah, we're going to do some of it over there, but mostly it's going to be on in America. No, 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 no. He's, he's, he's run his big bet in Shanghai, and we've seen him go over there, kiss the Chinese ass, kowtow to them, because he knows, as you and I know, that one cross word about Xi Jinping or communist China and communist China is just going to take his Tesla factories. And meanwhile, what Musk doesn't understand, as smart as he is, that it's only a matter of time yeah. before communist China takes that plant and the technology of Musk, just like the Nazis took the, the plant from Henry Ford in the 30s when Ford went over there with the same kind of naivete. And so you've got you've got American corporations going over there, giving them to technologies. That's one of the seven deadly sins, forced technology transfer, Don. You know this. You said it many times. It's like, if you want to go play in the Chinese market, you got to give me your technology, okay? That's a, that's a death sentence. I mean, look what happened to GE, one of the greatest corporations in the world, up to the point where it wasn't. What killed it? The Chinese taking all of its technology in exchange for giving them some slave labor for a while. Yeah. No, it, it's it's crazy. Uh, and uh, I, I think we have to wake up to that a little bit sooner. And you're right. There's people that, you know, they say the right thing sort of on TV. But ultimately, you know, we got to understand that they are beholden to those uh, to those governments. And, you know, if you're in the battery space, I mean, China owns all of it. They didn't get those yep. contracts through through, you know, good dealings or otherwise. They show up with a briefcase of cash to other corrupt countries and they take advantage of that, you know. If we even thought about doing that, they'd, they'd put us in cuffs. Uh, you know, I'm not saying it's right, but, you know, we're not playing on a level playing field and we have to wake up to that uh, and or do something about it. I, if someone uh, someone smart I know once basically said that, hey, if you ever found out that, you know, these contracts were, you know, acquired illegally, uh, you should be able to, you know, bring them back, expatriate them, uh, you know, back from these things. And, you know, China would lose their minds because they know exactly the ill-gotten gains. I, Peter, I, I wanted to, you mentioned AI, um, and, you know, obviously there's a lot there. I had an interesting conversation with Palmer Luckey. He was the founder of Oculus. He was the first sort of conservative that ended up on the Facebook board. They threw him off later because yeah. he was a conservative, even though he was like yeah. 19 at the time. But, uh, you know, super, you know, advanced tech guy, you know, founded Oculus, sold that to Facebook, yada, yada, yada. But he was talking to me about AI like five or six years ago. He goes, you know, the real problem with it that we haven't realized is that, especially China, they'll weaponize this, is at any other point in history, you know, people could get together and they could, you know, rebel against oppression and do that. But with AI and a camera in any corner, it basically is allowing those governments and those dictatorial regimes, you know, the second two people interact that way, before they could ever hit a critical mass, they can end it. So there's no actual hope for change as one of the scary aspects 
of AI. You mentioned the military component. Are there other things that we have to be thinking about? Because, you know, I think AI has a lot of benefits. I think it's going to displace all of our are ridiculous uh, journalists very quickly because they don't actually do anything all that interesting or creative and uh, they'll be easily replaced. They probably won't be able to replace a farmer as easily. So that will be interesting. But, you know, thinking about all of these things as that technology advances, what are the other pitfalls you see coming from it? Well, look, if you, if you look at it from a, a military perspective, uh, let's suppose that China kind of commands uh, the AEI heights the AI heights, right? Um, what can it do with that? I mean, first of all, um, it can command a whole set of, of drone armies, navies, and air forces. You know, it's the war of the machines. It's like sci-fi writ large. Yeah. And it can deploy these kinds of weapons in a, a, a real-time sophisticated way that, that has a strategy and then immediately when it's out in space can react tactically faster than any human being could possibly do. Yeah. And so it, it, you can imagine the, a Chinese AI military completely overwhelming ours. I yeah. mean, that's, that's a real, real kind of possibility. Uh, the second thing AI can do from a military perspective is totally scramble all of the logistics um, of uh, a military that's dependent on any kind of electronic networks. Yeah. Uh, once you once you break into that, and then look, the, the whole thing about China, Don, communist China, it's always communist China. Is they have this doctrine called unrestricted warfare. And to them, it's like nuclear weapons are so like 1950s. It's like now, now, we don't need that. But what we can do is we can deploy AI, for example, and merge it with blockchain technology and go in and de-encrypt all the financial systems of the United States, like in a heartbeat. And suddenly it's like people people don't have any money to spend and, yeah. or credit to give or whatever. It can, it's, like, it's like a blackout, right? A blackout, but in our financial system. So these yeah. are some of the, the things they can do. And it's it's frightening. Uh, I do want to talk about Fauci at some point, but 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 what's your response to the AI thing? Well, listen, it's interesting. You know, I, I hear, you know, you, you'd mentioned Musk earlier. You know, I hear him talking about, you know, the dangers and the pitfalls of it. And I agree. Uh, the problem is, I don't think that China or Iran or Russia or our enemies around the world, I don't think they care. So the problem is, you can't you know, put the genie back in the bottle. Yeah, we'll put yeah. we'll put restrictions on ourselves. Yeah. Our enemies will not allow any of those restrictions, and just by the nature of it, yeah. just pure processing power, you yes. lose. You you can't that, win. So I agree with him, but you know, yeah. you mentioned you know China will never adhere to a document that they sign. They'll sign a document, and three seconds later, they'll be breaking it and doing whatever they can, hoping they don't get caught. If they get caught, they'll start over. We'll go in there in good faith, pretending that they're going to do the right thing, and they won't do it, even though they say they will, and it never ends. So that aspect of it's scary, because you know, once the genie's out of the bottle, uh, yes. if there's no real way to police our enemies— uh, you know, I, I, I'd love to see the restrictions, but only if they were universal and they, I, they almost well, the, the, will I never be. I say this, that the biggest, the biggest restrictions we should have and the, and the ones that make the most sense 
are restricting American companies and American capital from helping China develop AI. Yeah. That's, a, that's a certainty. We don't help their academics at our universities. We don't help their companies. We don't fund their finance. That, that, yeah. That's a reasonable restriction. But you're absolutely right. This genie's out of the bottle, and it's an arms race now. It's an AI race, and we damn well better win this. So, so give me your Fauci. Uh, yeah, I, I had brought it up, uh, you know, as an example, but as you know, yeah. you, you you had to sit there with that guy. So, uh, give me what you got. I'm sure our audience wants well, to hear yeah, about. I it. just, I mean, you know how your your dad. Um, I mean, his if 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 he's ever disappointed in you, you know, that's the worst thing that can happen, right? Okay. <clears throat> that, that's the D word. You don't want a guy. So the only thing I would say with my experience in the White House with Fauci is I was disappointed because I, I told I told the boss to fire Fauci on two different occasions. And it was early on. It was like, um, there's this, this I think it's a, rightfully say a historic account, an encounter with Fauci in the iconic situation room in end of January of 2020, right? That was essentially the dawn of what would be the pandemic. And I had been dispatched uh, by your dad uh, to go to the sit room and argue the case for the China travel ban. And yeah. at the time, uh, there was resistance among, you know, Mulvaney was against it. Um, you had these guys who I didn't yet know from the healthcare bureaucracies against it, right? And so I go, I go in, the situation room um and there's this 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 little gnome of a guy sitting across from me that I, I didn't know who he was didn't know him from adam and like five minutes in to the meeting i'm in 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 like this this almost angry shouting match with this son of a bitch because he's vehemently against the travel ban and he's giving me no reason why he just say they don't they don't work it's like i'm going you mean to tell me it's like we're going to have 20,000 Chinese people come in every day into our country um, on aircraft direct from uh, a hot zone where people are, are dying left and right. And, and <laughs> that's not going to help. So that was Fauci. <clears throat> and it was like I didn't know he walked on water at the time. My takeaway and what, what was funny about it was is he and Mulvaney kind of win that day. But I go that night and I write this memo. That, that turned out to be as accurate as anything I've ever read. I said, look, you don't do this travel ban and take other measures. We're going to kill uh, millions or uh, half a million people. And it's more and equally important, more not less important, but it's going to cost our economy trillions and trillions of dollars. And yeah. what I did is a classic bureaucratic trick. You'll love this time is I plastered the, the email list to everybody, right? So it's like, there's no way that they could suppress yeah. that. So, so, it's, so it's on the record, it, yeah. It's on well, the but like, record. That's like the thing, how did he become, list. Yeah. how did he it's become so they, this they hero? It, his record was yeah. terrible, he'd never done that. Now the media made him into, you know, I, again, but, I, I, I agree but, with you, I think he's a competent asshole, but, but here's, like, here's I think you also point. probably couldn't fire him. I think you'd be killed. They, they'd have been, you know, Congress yeah. would have impeached Trump for endangering Americans for not listening yeah. to the deity that they created. Now, and yeah. I know this only because Trump did not go along 
with what he wanted a bunch of times. Yeah. And when he didn't, it was the end of the world. They wanted it? to kill Trump. Yeah. He's, ki- he's, he's literally killing people, Peter. Remember that? Literally killing families and, and, and women and, and children. And the fact that your dad didn't fire him, that's why he's president and not me, because he made the calculated judgment. But the best part, of, here's the best part of this story, Don. The best part of this story is that at the time, Fauci knew he knew with certainty that that thing came from the Wuhan lab. And he knew with certainty because he himself had funded gain-of-function research in the lab. And he was already writing to his academics to get them to cover up what was his yeah. sin by propagating this phony lie about it being uh, from nature. Okay. So if he had just come clean, if he had just come clean with your father and the American people right then, we could have developed uh, a much more effective vaccine faster. And we could have held the communist Chinese accountable for what they did. And because he lied and lied and lied and lied and lied. Well, he lied before Congress. You and I. been held accountable. You and I would not get that benefit of the doubt, Peter. Dual system of injustice. They're they're putting me in leg irons. Fauci killed millions of people, literally, and he's walking free. Go figure. Yeah. Well, listen, talking about that sort of, you know, unequal system of justice, it's no coincidence, obviously, that these indictments uh, magically of Trump come the day after major news uh, happens on the Biden. You know, the first indictment came the day after he's implicated. Then, you know, Hunter Biden gets the sweetheart deal with Grant, you know, all sorts of extra immunity. And like, like, why are we giving him immunity for something that has nothing to do with the charges that we already know about that no one else would have gotten that benefit of it? Next day, more Trump charges. You know, then you have the Devin Archer testimony implicating Joe Biden and direct involvement. The next day, more charges. I mean, uh, yeah. wh- what's going on here? I, when should or should the House start moving towards impeachment? Because, you know, I, well, I heard a lot and you heard a lot during the Trump presidency. You know, every little every time if he tweeted something, it was worse than Watergate. It's where, you know, Bob Woodward and all these clowns, uh, you know, they come out there and do this. But this is way worse than Watergate. And it's like they're they're allowing it to be overshadowed by weaponizing their government against their political enemies. It's it's mind boggling, actually. Well, this is why, Don, this is seditious conspiracy. I mean, let's think about this. Sedition is basically two or more people working to overthrow the government. Now, the government they're trying to overthrow is the one that Donald Trump will form in January 2025, but that's sedition, or at a minimum, election interference. And the conspiracy is, this is what we have to find out once Donald Trump's elected, is like, Jack Smith, who's he talking to, okay? Or is he operating in a bubble? Merrick Garland, and then is Garland talking to Biden or somebody over there or something? You know, it's like, and what about the FBI? Which, I mean, look, the FBI, the FBI put Stephen Halper, a, a, an ex-CIA guy, as an informant into the Trump campaign in 2016. I mean, this, <laughs> what? So, 
this is what we have to find out. This is this is this is the worst kind of sedition, and and these people need to be held accountable for it. So I, you know, I always say, you know, becoming into you know politics, you know, this wonderful journey we've got to be on for the last you know, seven or eight years. I always say, you know, as ruthless as business uh, could be, it doesn't even compare uh, to the mm. abuses and corruption in, in politics. Mm. We've, you know, the stuff we've seen against my father, my family, and his allies, the inverse response, uh, you know, for the Democrats and actual, you know, corruption. Uh, the, you know, the people who you know, at the FBI who lied before Congress, nothing happens. They get rewarded with jobs as, you know, talk show hosts and pundits on CNN and MSDNC. Uh, they, they didn't get the treatment that you or I would have gotten. Talk about how, you know, you've been a victim yourself in all of this. Uh, virtually yeah. everyone in my father's corner has been. Uh, yeah, you mentioned leg shackles. Uh, you know, they literally wanted to put you in those they, for not going along with their nonsense. And now going after the president himself, you know, these charges last week uh, about, you know, the new January 6th stuff, you know, because they didn't do it two and a half years ago when it happened. They just see him rising in the polls. So now is when we have to throw more on there to do it. Uh, is getting, you know, indictment after indictment, subpoena after, it just never ends. You know, talk about your experience within all of that, because you were one of the people they targeted heavily as well. Well, look, um, when I was in the White House, my, my primary mission was to help your dad create jobs, primarily manufacturing jobs. You know, I was the I was the, the manufacturing czar, as, as it were. And for the three, first three years, he did a heck of a job at that. And, I, you know, I personally can, can claim at least partial and sometimes full credit boots on the ground for doing things like saving the Philadelphia shipyard or helping to save uh, tank plants um, in, in Pennsylvania or a shipyard in Marionette, Wisconsin, or an F-16 uh, new production facility in South Carolina um, under the banner of your father. I mean, that's he says, go, go forth and multiply those factories. And that's what we did. And then the, the, the fourth year, I, I became effectively the quartermaster during the pandemic. You know, I saw it sooner than just about everybody in the White House because I don't know if you know this, but but back in that 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 book I was telling you about, the, the coming China Wars, I actually wrote that China was going to create a pandemic. Uh, I forecast that. So when when this stuff started happening, so I you know I, I spent all my time in 2020 like bringing home our supply chains. And making sure we had all of the PPE, uh, the ventilators. That was one of the great feats of, of Donald John Trump is to go from a series, all of that, right? So, like, if in ordinary times I get out of the White House, it's like, hey, maybe, maybe people show me a little respect, TV, maybe welcome back in academia, maybe a corporate board or something. It's like, no, wind up getting hounded, hounded, absolutely hounded by the Biden, FBI, and DOJ. And the story with the FBI, I mean, it's, it's, here's the thing, you can't make this up. It's like, I live in an apartment, Don, in Washington, D.C., on Pennsylvania Avenue, okay? I, I go out on the balcony, and I look to my right, and it's the FBI. I look across the street, 
It's the Department of Justice. And I look across the street a little more to the left and it's the National Archives. And all three of them, all three of them are either trying to put me in prison or, 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 or prosecute me in some way. And so what, what the FBI did when they arrested me is instead of calling my attorney as I asked them to do and walking or, or have me walk across the street to their headquarters or being cordial about it, they let me get on a plane with a loved one, go out to Reagan Airport, sit there for an hour, and then they take me down with five armed FBI agents in a gangway, slap handcuffs on me and wrap my arms behind my back and like throw me on the back seat of their little car, take me in and kind of roughly process me there. And that's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, take off your necks, necktie so you don't hang yourself. You take off your belt so you don't hang yourself. Put yourself in leg irons. And I'm, it's like, there's comical moments. And I'm going, really? Is this what you really want to do? Is this, this, this guard, I mean, he's a nice guy. But he's walking fast down, 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 down the jail cell aisle. Like I'm supposed to follow him. I go, wait a minute. You can't walk very fast in the leg iron. And they're proud of the fact that they put me in the same cell that John Hinckley was sat in when he shot Reagan. It's like, okay, there's a there's a pretty good moral equivalence there, guys. And it was all it was all designed to punish and intimidate me and maybe turn me against your father. I mean, that's what yeah. it was about. Yeah. And, you know, well, like, they, they did the same to Roger Stone and to Steve Bannon yeah, yeah. and any, anyone who's a powerful voice in that movement. You know, meanwhile, yes. Hunter Biden, they call, they give them advance notice, then they can't do the search because once they've had the advance, like, it's, you know, again, I, I hope that people just wake up to these patterns because, you know, th there's no coincidence in any of this, obviously. Don, Don look, uh, You've lived a life which which appears to be both highly successful, ethical, and honorable. Okay, you, you're you're a good son. Okay, contrary to what they say on CNN. Then hopefully, <laughs> if you had done what Hunter Biden had done, <laughs> can you imagine? I mean, like, can you imagine how 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 you would be treated? Okay, you'd be like, you'd probably be locked up in Guantanamo. That's why I say, and, and my, by the way, if I acted like Hunter, DJT would put me there himself. And <laughs> yes, <laughs> deservedly so. Yes. So, I mean, look, I mean, you're, you're the, I mean, I'm, I'm not bad as a poster guy for, for this dual system of injustice, but, but I, I got to play second fiddle to you. I mean, all the, all the testimony, all the crap they throw at you. It's, it's just like, yeah. it's it just, it's just, and the American people, look, ultimately American people understand that this is wrong. And this yeah, is I think so. I think, I think, I think they the get energy. it. I, I think they get people it because, get it. yeah. Yeah. You know, and amid, amid all of this, uh, Trump is actually getting stronger and stronger in the polling. I mean, that's, yes. you know, I think initially it was designed, you know, to make it look, oh, well, maybe we got to get away. Then it became so egregious, so excessive, so over the top that like ordinary Americans, even those in the center, they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm watching never Trumpers be like, listen, I don't like the guy, but this, this can't stand in America because they're smart enough to realize that if they can do it to Trump, they can do it to anyone. 
if they will do it to Trump, yeah. someone who's got a huge soapbox, the power of means to be able to push back and fight, the, who won't they destroy? Uh, I think we've watched, you know, they're, they're, you know, the FBI, whether it's what they did to you or whether what it is do they do to a school mom who's concerned and goes to yeah. a PTA meeting and say, hey, I don't want my kids being indoctrinated. Oh, you're a domestic terrorist. So, you know, with all of this and Trump getting stronger, wh what do you think's going on in this primary? Is it over? Are the other candidates there just to, you know, waste resources that could be used to defeat Joe Biden? Because, you know, they're ultimately establishment clowns and there's no you know, th there's no consequence, right? If they lose, they'll get some sort of ambassadorship and if they can stop Trump from taking it over, uh, you know, that that's that's okay and the ends justify the means? Well, I look, um, when, when I was in the White House going into 2020, sitting in the Oval with your dad and you'd have people come in and blow smoke, you know, where say everything's going to be cool. It's like, I, I was always a person who would say, this is going to be tough. I don't care what the national polls say. It's all about the battlegrounds. And what what I think is right now, if you held it today, it's over. But please understand, Don, there's going to be an October surprise, a November surprise, right. a December surprise, a January surprise, going into that first primary in South Carolina, where they already have the deck stack this is another thing i wrote about in my Substack. it's like you've got nikki haley and tim scott as the favorite son and daughter there um and um you you've got uh, a, a state and desantis is going to try to pick people off and so they're going to try to break his momentum early and yeah. then there's blood in the water i think that that the most important thing right now is just he keeps doing what he's doing he's putting out tough policy pieces, and he's being Donald Trump, uh, who is the master communicator, and, and he, he will not let his foot off the accelerator this time. Um, I, I don't think he ever has. And we just got to go forward, Don, like this is, this is a dogfight. And yeah, it's going to waste resources. And you know, look, these people are, Chris Christie, to me, is like the most despicable person associated now with that primary as a face. Of course, all the money that's behind him and all of the, the, the left wing press and the Fox that puts him on TV all the time, even though he's got like 2% in the polls, it's like that this is what's going to happen. And so I, you know, I'm the guy who says, you know, just keep, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. American people are behind you. They understand your message. And the difference between him and people like DeSantis, DeSantis can try to steal. Don, he can try to steal everything that Donald Trump stands for with a speech in New Hampshire like he did last week. But people understand that Donald Trump actually did it and DeSantis doesn't mean it. It's just as simple as that. Yeah, they've seen they've seen the flip-flops. But you know, that was interesting. You talked about sort of a, a January surprise, a December surprise. I mean, most of the time we think of the October surprise uh, yes. in a general election, but you're actually talking about sort of, you know, the games that the Republican establishment, uh, you know, will try to play uh, into the, in the primary, uh, you know, not quite, you know, a little less than a year in advance of the general. I mean, break that down a little bit further, because again, we always think of, you know, the October yeah, well, surprise in terms of a general election, but uh, what, what are your thoughts? What are the games that are going to be played in the primary? 
Well, let's talk about uh, how how the Democrats illegally won the 2020 race. It was lawfare, Don. They went in and over a, a sustained period of time, you know, like changed all the rules of yeah. the game, right, in a way that allowed them to do what I call the grand stuff, the ballot box strategy. The analog here is that both Democrats and Republicans are going to try to change the primary rules in ways which are going to take away votes. You know, instead of like a winner-take-all primary in California, they try to do it proportional. It's like California has the largest amount of electoral votes. Those are the kinds of games they're going to play. They're going to come up with new alleged scandals. They're going to come up with new indictments. You know, we still got the Fulton County folks going. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, 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 the, if the rhinos and the Democrats under Katie Hobbs out in Arizona try some crap. And it's just, it's going to be the, the proverbial crap storm um, leading up to that. And, and, but but I, it's, what's, what's interesting to me, Don, is like the public, every time this happens, the public sees through it. And yeah. I hope they just keep seeing through it and, and keep getting disgusted, not just with the Democrats, but with these rhino Republicans. I mean, Chris Christie, I mean, that son of a bitch, how dare he? How dare that son of a bitch do what he is doing? I saw him. I remember the last time I saw him was in the East Wing working on debate preparation with your father. And that son of a bitch was terrible at helping your father. I mean, he is, he's just a lame-ass, no-good yeah. guy who's, like, taking money from rhinos and, and just he's on some kind of ego trip. And it, that's what – but that's what we're up against. Yeah, Big well, money. and you know this. You know, they, he says all the things that he's going to do differently. What, what he doesn't say is that Chris Christie was in charge of the plum book, uh, you know, that actually put so many of those rhinos and never-Trumpers in positions of power in the Trump White House. He, that was his job – on the transition yes. committee. So if, if anyone yes. genuinely thinks he's going to be different, some of the initial, and I'll say, you know, bad hires were because we trusted people like Chris Christie, who did have a little bit more inside knowledge and put in those people. That's not Trump. That's on him. You know, there's thousands of people to fill. And so, you know, this notion that he's going to do it differently and better, like, wait a minute, like you're... You're the root cause of half of the crap. It's uh, it, it's sort of special to watch. Yeah, a little, a little breaking news for you. I, I never really talked about this or had to talk about it, but I remember during the, the height of the pandemic when I was trying to trying to get enough masks and and thermometers and and other PPE, everything. Like I'm working working hard on that. Like Chris Christie at one point is calling me. And he's he's like a lobbyist pimping some kind of client trying to try to get you know that's that's all he was I mean that's all he is and yeah you know I still my favorite my favorite moment of Chris Christie is is that guy sitting like a whale on the beach during <laughs> a, a, a lockdown when when and he's sitting there getting a suntan when everybody else in New Jersey can't go to the beach. And his poll ratings fall to like nine percent. I mean, that's—he's never recovered from that, nor should he. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. Uh, you remember uh, that hundred... picture? I, oh, I, I uh, Vin, uh, Vin, you know, hey Peter, some things you can't unsee, uh, unfortunately. So uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I remember that picture. It, it haunts my dreams, uh, but it—it's it, it, my motivation to work out as often as possible. But. 
So I got one more for you. That, that way, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I got one more for you because there's you know it's lots of speculation yeah. that you know Biden's going to be replaced uh, in 2024 somewhere. I mean, yeah. I think Biden really he gives the deep state and the Democrats everything that they want. I mean, he's sort of a useful idiot that way. I mean, he doesn't have to be cognizant. All he has to do is be able to yeah. you know sign a piece of paper that they stick in front of him, but. You know, how much incentive is there really to replace him if he's doing the bidding? You know, I think Obama would have wanted to do the things that Joe Biden is doing. He just wasn't willing to destroy his reputation to do so. So I feel like these are almost Obama plans for America, but they could care less about, you know, Joe Biden uh, and his legacy. Well, I, I, I'm surprised he's lasted this long, uh, but I can explain why. I, I said early on... Um, even before Biden was inaugurated, um, that he wouldn't last uh, more more than half the time. But but it, it was premised on Kamala um, doing uh, a, a far better better job than than she's even come close to. Right? I, if if she were like popular and competent, they would have like gently nudged him out. Yeah already because you know the hunter thing the the stumble up the stair all of that stuff but i still i do think that that ultimately they they see the same the same deep administrative state don that's trying to take your father out will probably turn on joe and use hunter as the way to do it right there'll be yeah. a deal cut and you know hunter will get his pardon and joe will walk away and 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 the question then becomes is it is it is it Newsom or Michelle or whoever and you know that's a whole nother another yeah. spec speculation. I mean, all we can do right now is keep doing what what we're doing, which is support Donald John Trump with with our MAGA Republican agenda, fend off the rhinos, repudiate the, the Dems and key point now this dual system of injustice which which i think is really um a strong argument right now particularly to uh to independents who yeah. uh who just i mean they're they're just just up in arms over this i'm, I'm glad I, I i yeah i lied so second that, that was the second to last one for you the last one for, what, what's your best trump white house story uh, you know, you, you were there with him on a daily basis. You saw the, you know, the yeah. BS that he was being served. You saw his reaction to all of that. You know, what's your sort of, uh, you know, best Trump story, uh, you know, from your time in the White House that can, uh, you know, maybe shed a different light to say those independents or otherwise, you know, maybe people who are still somewhat open uh, to to looking beyond what they see on CNN. Well, look, just let me just say generally that that one of the things I loved about serving in the White House, was, which was generally a very arduous kind of uh, existence every day, was was watching your dad hold court in the Oval when we were debating like a critical policy, and he had like eight or nine of us around around the uh, the the resolute desk. And he'd have uh, people calling in on the phones and we'd deb be debating things. And it was like this beautiful symphony orchestra with him as the conductor leading everything. And and he, he's 
he's so warm and funny uh, to to kind of the deplorable people, but at the same time, he could finish people's thoughts um, and and then cut them off and move on to the next person in a heartbeat. So so that I love. My I guess my favorite story is when we went head to head the two times with Xi Jinping. Um, the the first time was was um, that was in Buenos Aires and 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 we watched Xi Jin Xi Jinping the the most powerful person in the world according to him literally kowtow to President Trump. I mean it was a thing of beauty. It was like wow this is this is how how the world views Trump because. This is who Trump is. You know, that was like, this is who you want in the Oval. Okay. Yeah. Now that's the that's the strong part. The funny part was the second time we saw Xi Jinping, and, and we're we're sitting there, Don, and and at one point your father talks about how uh the American military basically um was responsible um to drive the Japanese out of China during World War II. <laughs> and, and like, like Xi Jinping like went ballistic. And he like, he just went off on this long rant and, and you know, just, just all but pounding the table, right? They're like, no, 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 it's like the brave people. It's like total bullshit, right? Yeah. Total revisionist history as they say in China. And the fun part was when we walked out <laughs> and your dad looks at us and his eyebrows are up and is like, yeah, yeah, that's who that guy is. That's who I thought he was all along. That's and funny. sure enough, um, that's who he was. Well, that, that's awesome, Peter. Well, listen, I, thank you for what you're doing. I look forward to spending a bunch of time with you in the, in the coming next brutal 18 months going on, on the campaign yeah, trail. Yeah. But uh, thanks for always holding true to those American values, the America first policies, uh, everything yeah. that you did. You're a true patriot. And hey, guys, you know, go check out his Substack. stack. Uh, follow him there. Uh, I think you can learn a lot that you're not going to learn from the regular sources. So, Peter, thanks so much. It's always great to be with you. And I look forward to seeing you in person in the not too distant future, my friend. Hold fast, hang tough and uh, say hi to KG for me. I'll do that, buddy. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe this content. It's the only way we're going to get out there. Go hit the little like button right now. It's easy. It's super easy. But it'll make sure that more people see this message. They, we can get out there and defeat the communists who are out there trying to stymie us along the way. Also, make sure to check out our great sponsors. Go check out the folks over at Gold Co. Take care of yourself. Protect yourself from the insanity. Go to donjuniorgold.com. That's D-O-N-J-R-Gold.com to learn how to do just that. They'll take you through it step by step. It's simple. It's easy. But take control. Don't let the lunatics that are in charge of this government and the banks and whatever fool you. Learn about it for yourselves. Go to donjuniorgold.com. And guys, while we're talking about patriotism and fighting back, don't forget to check out the folks at Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, where you can vote with your wallet, folks. They donate back a portion of every dollar to groups that fight for the First Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms, sanctity of life, protecting our brave police and first responders, etc. So if you're going to have a cell phone in your pocket, and I imagine you will, 
Go with Patriot Mobile. It's quick, simple, and easy. And for free activation, go to patriotmobile.com slash triggered to sign up. It's super easy, simple, and again, you can give your money to the causes that hate your guts and the companies that are woke and will spend your hard-earned dollars fighting the things that you believe in, or you can give it to a Patriot Mobile, get the same services, but know that they're going to be fighting the battles that need to be fought and donating to them as well. So for free activation, again, go to patriotmobile.com triggered and check them out. You guys are the best, and I'll see you soon.